Welcome to Larpender Life, the podcast about HP St. Paul in the 80s and 90s. I'm your host, Dave Carey. In no way, shape, or form did I ever want to go to Minnesota. We lost two cars from St. Patrick's Day Revelers that smashed into us. One was Mike's car and one was my car. And we, we came back. And so now, I'm, I'm, you know, something's drawn me back. This is episode number 23, and my guest today is Desmond Kilcoin. If this is your first time joining us, I guarantee that this podcast is the best one that has the word Larpenter in the title. And now, here's my talk with Des. Welcome back to Larpenter Life, everybody. My guest for today is Desmond Kilcoin. Hey, Des, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Well, you know how I start with everybody by now. So uh, tell me how and when did you first get connected to HP? I've only been at the Larpenter building for eight years. Um, if it wasn't for the last eight years of my life, I would say it was the best eight years of my life. Graduated from college or going to graduate from college, and I knew HPE was a great company. And I wanted to either stay in Chicago and work, that's where I'm from, or go to California or someplace warm. In no way, shape, or form did I ever want to go to Minnesota. Never been to Minnesota. (laughs) Didn't want to hear people that want to interview with Minnesota. Actually, when they called me, I immediately called the Chicago office and said, are you sure you don't have any job for me here? (laughs) Anyways, got through all the interviews, got the job on my day up my starting day was april 1st which is kind of funny with i was probably 75 percent on my way up i was with a college friend of mine uh james king and it started sleeting and raining and it iced over and so we went from you know 60 miles an hour three quarters of the way down to 30 miles an hour barely hanging on knuckling it the whole way it took just hours and hours and hours i'm like this is a really bad way to start visiting minnesota for my career. But anyways, got the job. I worked for uh, Gary Blasberg. I was in a, the Radisson Hotel for 30 days. Uh, I rented a furnished apartment near Lake Fayland for a couple months. They sent me out to Rockland, Maryland for training for a couple months. And just before I was ready to leave Rockville, I met John Proctor. Somebody thought for some reason that he and I would get along together back in <laughs> St. Paul. And so he said, you know, I have an empty apartment because I'm in the training now for a couple of months. So why don't you stay in my apartment? So I stayed in his apartment for a couple of months. And as most unwelcome guests, I stayed a little longer after he came and slept on the couch for a couple more weeks. <laughs> and uh, before I, I met uh, Wayne Carlson on the flag football field. So uh, HP back then, we played all kinds of sports, any kind of sport you, you, we we had a, a team of some sort. And so we were playing flag football. So Wayne Carlson and I became friends and we roommate for many, many years until we um, bought our own house after that. But I, I started as a, a CE um, in the office there working for Gary. Yeah. And you, you uh, had a long career doing a lot of different things. And I know you left HP and came back to HP and things like that. So can you just tell me a little bit about sort of the decisions you made in the span of your career, how that changed over time? I love being a CE. I love fixing customers. And I was 
very, I love the customer facing part of it, but I really wanted to be more on the business side and I really wanted to make money too. <laughs> so when I was a CE, I was the standby king. I mean, I took the pager as often as I possibly could, um, really just to, to make the extra money. I mean, I, I, my parents are both from Ireland and they both work seven days a week, every week of the year. And I just I had that in me. And so I remember one day I went to Paul Shermack asking him, you know, what can I do to become like a sales rep? And he told me, well, you know, start selling in your existing job. And I took that advice and I started doing that. HP bought Apollo and they had a service and sales organization. So I jumped on board onto that service and sales organization. And uh, Todd Youngstrom wanted to get to Minnesota and I wanted to get to Chicago. So he got my job here in Minnesota and I went to Chicago and spent 13 years in, in selling services uh, for HP uh, in Chicago. You know, I know you said originally that you were interested in doing that primarily because you, you know, you you needed the money. You wanted you wanted to make a little more, more money. And so you made that switch. But I know from working with you that you were also really good at it. I mean, a lot of people want more money, but they aren't necessarily good at that. So I know that seemed like a really good fit for you and your personality. Um, do you, are you happy with that decision? Was that, I know that was a pretty key decision for you. It, it was, I got way more than I deserved in that career. I was uh, hugely successful. Actually, I was in all kinds of high achievers clubs. I made it to president's club. Um, actually I got married during president's club. <laughs> um, so HP was really my whole life to tell you the truth was, you know, uh, 28 years was the first stint. <laughs> Um, I had it with HP and it was the best thing for me. Um, yeah, I was successful there and, you know, and sales was, was great. I learned a lot at HPE. Uh, I took the early retirement after 28 years, took the package and started the very next day, got recruited over to IBM to help IBM salespeople sell services. Uh, I got recruited to go to Pitney Bowes Software by a guy who was an old HP guy. He was the uh, business continuity general manager, Bill Cronin uh, from the East Coast. And he was an HP and he was an IBM or he worked at IBM for six years and just left there to start this brand new worldwide sales organization uh, for software consulting sales and asked me to come over and do that with them. So I was the, the U.S. guy. And then I sold in a channel with E plus for a while. And then HP called me back, asked me to do the same kind of job, a business developer consultant uh, training 32 salespeople, uh, services salespeople. Uh, they were more admin people trying becoming salespeople. And so I love that. We created a bunch of marketing campaigns for them to sell. And uh, that was great until, of course, HP decided that was something they didn't want to do anymore either. And so I became a sales rep. Uh, last year was my first year and I was hugely successful. I was 177% a quota. And this time, instead of awarding me with uh, one of those fancy trips, they awarded me with a $63 million quota for this year. <laughs> <laughs> Some things never change. So no, uh, no, yeah. Well, uh, okay. So let's go back to uh, the '80s and and Larpenter and and one of the things that you mentioned was you know playing some sports and things uh, with colleagues. You know, we were all young, younger men uh, <laughs> in those days, um, and it, you know, bones weren't quite as brittle as they are these days. Uh, I know you participated in a lot of that stuff, all the rec committee activities, but also just some of your own, uh, you know, tell me some of the things you remember about about that, all the activities outside of HP. So there was a lot of sports. We we started a basketball team. There was already a softball team. Uh, well, yeah, I guess it's softball. It's 12-inch softball. 
being from Chicago, I had to come up here and buy a mitt because I played softball in Chicago with a 16 inch ball. And so we played softball for like 20, you know, forever. And that was really fun. We became very close with those guys. Um, we, you know, Wayne and I and Mike Stringer, we, we would go water skiing, downhill skiing, snowmobiling, kneeboarding. A lot of those activities were with other HPers, uh, sometimes clients. Um, you know, the HP office was very close. We went to weddings and, and you know, I was a groomsman a couple of times. We saw kids being born. We had Christmas parties, picnics, uh, all the things that I really, really loved about HP HP back in the day. And I know um, you had some sort of epic snowmobile adventures. We had many. Wayne Carlson's parents lived at Balsam Lake. And so I had my snowmobiles up in Balsam Lake. And a bunch of the HPers who didn't have snowmobiles wanted to go rent snowmobiles and go away for the weekend. So we rented a place in Spooner. And I had my sister and her boyfriend and another buddy of mine come up from Chicago. Well, on the way, uh, we must have borrowed someone's car because I needed a trailer to get my snowmobile there. So Kelly Dewar graciously borrowed me his trailer. Well, I had a 1985 Arctic Cat. And so we showed up at the trailer at in Balsam and the snowmobiles got much, much wider and we couldn't fit it in the trailer. So we had to actually slide it in sideways. <laughs> we slide the snowmobile in sideways. We take off, you know, highway, we're going to Spooner. And then the wheel seizes up and breaks down the trailer. I don't know if it was the weight or what it was, probably the weight. And so now we have a broken down trailer. It was my girlfriend and I, Melanie, and um, we left the trailer. We had to get the we had left the trailer in the middle of the night. So I told Melanie just to drive the spooner and I'm just going to jump on the trail and ride all night or however it takes me to get the spooner. I get the spooner. I meet her in the first bar there is there. Remember, there's no cell phones. I get in the first bar. She's yucking it up with Paulette and Kevin Marshall. <laughs> uh, my buddy from Chicago ends up there. And so he, he trailered the, my sled the rest of the way. But during this trip, I mean, we're really amateurs. We're lucky we had helmets on us and we're just having the best time we can have. And when one night, I don't know if it was New Year's Eve night, it was really late. We're on Long Lake and we everyone's running out of gas except for myself and my buddy. And so we park everybody in the middle of the lake to stay here. We're going to go around looking to see if we can somebody open up a gas station or a bar for us. And we find two couples celebrating an anniversary they open up the bar, they open up the gas tanks, they brought us in, they fed us. We had a fantastic time. The, uh, the next morning, we're after breakfast. We load the dishwasher up with the, all the dishes, but we had no dishwashing soap. Dan Proctor's like, well, I'll just use dishwashing liquid. Oh, no. He fills a little can container of dishwashing liquid, closes the door, turns it on. We all go about our business. We come back, and there are suds all over the kitchen floor. I mean, it's just <laughs> pouring out of the door of the dishwasher. Oh my gosh. You know, sometimes you think about days like that and <laughs> stories like that and you go, how did we all get through it? it, it it's amazing we survived. I mean, there's stories after stories. I mean, we've had ski trips out in Michigan and Colorado and Utah and we've had, you know, Mike's cracking open his head in Michigan, can't come home, he's got to stay in the hospital. Uh Greg Ludisher graciously stays overnight with them to, you know, make sure he's okay and brings him back home um, to we had another snowmobile trip over Mike's birthday. And um, I bought a new sled, a new Polaris 
that week before that weekend and after celebrating his birthday really late holding my sled into a tree i mean it's just amazing i ever walked away from it um but that night we're coming into minneapolis because we have to cut the the trip short um a taxi cab runs a, a red light hits the back of our car poor mike ends up in the hospital again with a cut lip cut his lip on the mirror get them all cleaned up, get them after the hospital, get back home. So I'm like, what is the third thing? The thing, bad things come in threes. What could possibly go wrong now? A snowmobile car, they're gone already. We get home, can't wait to get to bed. I'm ready to call the bed. And my cat Wrigley left me a present on the pillow. <laughs> he was He was there by himself for the weekend and somebody closed the door to the litter box in the basement. And so he wasn't a happy cat, but he did pretty good. You know, for a third thing, that's not so pleasant. But, you know, given what your first two were, that, <laughs> that wasn't so bad. It was just St. Patrick's Day here just a little bit a while ago. And I seem to remember a, a story about you and St. Patrick's Day in Chicago, Des. We, we had many epic St. Patrick's Day adventures, let's call them. Mike Stringer, Doug Kaywood, Tom Wittenberg. Um, we would go down to Chicago and we'd be in the, the downtown parade. We'd go to the Southside Parade on Sunday. Uh, we'd go to parties afterwards. We, we lost two cars from the St. Patrick's Day Revelers that smashed into us. One was Mike's car and one was my car. Um, but we just had so much fun. They, they, my family brought all the HPRs from Minnesota into their house and we, we partied and, and it was just really, really fun. And did you uh, did you have a little adventure on the L? We 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 did we, we we did we had adventures everywhere. So there you know train tracks up in the air. Well, you know I can climb that two o'clock in the morning or whatever and walk the tracks and scare the bejesus of everybody because they thought the third rail is hot and if I touched it I was going to die. And we you know we were so invincible in the eighties. It's not even funny. And speaking of invincible, I mean. How Mike String and I got together is just, I mean, we're two peas in a pod. That guy had nine lives and he lived every moment, every day, every week. He worked super duper hard, played really hard. And you know, he and I were actually roommates. I bought a house in Como Park in 88 and we lived together for many years, right down the street from the Larpenter office um, until our divorce. He met a girl. Yeah. Yeah. And actually the way he met that girl is interesting because when I started in 85, Lynn Herbert was her first day too, April 1st, 1985. Well, Lynn, for a really weird way, it's funny how you make decisions in your life that come back um, and, and bring you down a roadway, a pathway. But Lynn Herbert's brother or cousin knew somebody that Mike's girlfriend knew from New York and was in Minnesota and had a party and met Lynn. And Lynn thought, well, I got to set this girl up with somebody in HB office and set Perry up with Mike Stringer. How about that? Yeah. So do you want to, for people who don't know all the way down to where today is, do you want to talk about that? So sure. Um, again, the HB office, we're all so darn close and, and compatible. And so um, Mike married Perry and I stood up at his wedding. Uh, Mike and Perry adopted a girl from Russia in 99. And when they came back, um, they came back around Thanksgiving time and they're celebrating Christmas together. And Mike's brother, Dave, who still works for HP, um, came up and visited 
and Mike got sick and in a matter of hours passed away. Um, and so I, I'd go up there and, and help take care of Juliana. And we went on ski trips together, Perry and her friends and, and me and our friends. And um, eventually Perry and I got together, you know, a few years later. And so I married Perry. So it's a, obviously a tragic story. And I, I know when we did our tribute uh, episode, you talked about Mike Des, and, and I really appreciate that. And it was very touching. And I, I know how difficult this is to talk about. And um, at the same time, it's also wonderful. Um, you know, something can be both. And, um, and this is a, a story. And one of the things you talked about, you, you mentioned earlier was how it's so strange. And a lot of people have talked about this in big ways and in s- small ways, how tiny little things you, that happen in your life that seem like they're insignificant at the time, you just met somebody or talked to somebody or introduced something, they end up being a huge part of your life. You know, if you hadn't if, if there had been a job in Chicago for you, you would never have come to St. Paul, right. you know, and all kinds of things like that, that. Everybody's got a few of those. It's just amazing. It, it is amazing. And again, I said, you know, those, for those eight years at Larpenter were my best eight years until the last eight years. I've been spending time with, you know, Perry and Juliana. I adopted Juliana and I adopted another Russian baby, Henry, my son. And so... Life yeah. goes on. It's all beautiful. Yeah. Well, that's 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 great, Des. Um, when you think back to the early part of your career at HP, when you were CE, and then you know when you when you started to make the the change towards sales, you know you've been you've been with HP on and off, but for a very long time in a lot of different roles. If you could summarize sort of something that you took away from that, that you learned from that, that was, you know, it's, it's now become sort of part of you as who you are. Is there anything you can think of that you really take away from those times? Well, as you learn, you know, it's always about the person you're with and how you treat them. And I think Bill and Dave, that's what they're, how they went about business too. Um, it was really about the employees it really wasn't about them. It wasn't their name that they wanted splashed everywhere or accolades for. It was about their employees and their employees to, to take care of their clients. And so it's always about the client. I, I went to clients' weddings. I went to Rolling Stones with clients. We became best friends, long, long life friends with each other. And so it's all about the person you're with at the time. You know, and I, I think you've, talked a lot about all the different things that you did with all the people at HP that you met that became your lifelong friends that you're still you're still like lifelong friends that you know I mean you and I curl together um and still to this day uh you're doing things you're you're doing things with all those people they became your lifelong friends so I mean I think you really embodied that spirit that you know that absolutely started with Bill and Dave right from the top Right. I mean, I lived in Chicago for 13 years and married Perry, you know, came back. She moved to Chicago with me for a couple of years and we, we came back. And so now I'm, I'm, you know, something's drawn me back. It's the Northwood guys, you know, golfing all the time. It's the, the, the curling, you know, um, that we started and just the activities and the weddings. And unfortunately, you know, funerals now here and there uh, that brings us all together. So you mentioned curling, Des, and I I know about it since obviously I'm in it. But for other people, how did you get started in curling? I know that was pretty recent. 
So yeah, it's 11 years now, believe yeah. it or not. And um, sitting around a, a, a campfire with a guy and a guitar with neighbors. Um, this guy was very athletic. He was a college basketball player and baseball player, but never made it you know, professional or wanted to go to the Olympics. So he's, we're talking, well, how can we go to the Olympics? So one of the neighbors' brother was a curler at St. Paul Curling Club. So we heard that there's this Biff Adams Arena, it's a hockey arena in Frogtown, was leasing the building where there was a bunch of people who are going to try to create a, another curling club there with the help of St. Paul. Um, they helped maybe for a year or two, and then they um, left us alone there. But we started this curling club in Frogtown. I started curling with my neighbors and friends, and then I mentioned it to Kevin DeMay and John Proctor and you, and we got a bunch of other teams there, and we're still curling like crazy. I, you know, just we just lost last Wednesday our league championship, but uh, uh, you know, it, it's people don't realize how much exercise it is. Um, I, I, I turned on my my son onto it. You've turned your family onto it. Uh, we played against your daughter just the other day in a, in a bond spiel over the weekend, and it's just it's a wonderful gentleman like sport. Yeah, it's it's really a lot of fun, and I feel super lucky myself. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because in, you mentioned Kevin Dumay, so he called me one time, and he's and I, you know, he had left HP a while, but you know, we we're still very close. And he called me. He says, "Dave, I'm going to ask you something, and I want you to just say yes without me telling you what it is." Um, he said, "Are you busy on Wednesday nights?" Uh, actually, it was Tuesday nights. It was supposed to be Tuesday nights, and I said. Well, no. And he said, okay, so then just say yes. Well, I hesitated for a moment because of some of the stuff in the in the 80s that <laughs> you had mentioned, <laughs> the kind of adventures sometimes ended up with somebody in the hospital. But I just said yes. I said, yeah, okay, whatever it is, yes. He said, okay, it's gonna be with John Proctor and Kevin Marshall and you and me. We're gonna, we're gonna be on a curling team. And I said, a what? <laughs> okay, I said yes. I don't even know what it is, but it ended up being really fun still doing it. So um, it gets, gets us through the winters like we've we've had here. So, uh, Des, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and talking to me. Um, let's finish up by, um, you know, telling everybody kind of what are you up to these days? We talked about curling, but what else are you up to these days? Are you still at it? Are you still working? And, and where are you? And what keeps you busy? Yeah, yeah. So I'm back at HPE for, for I think this is the third year. Um, looking forward to a successful year. Um, I have two seasons. It's curling season and golf season. They both start and exactly the same time. So it's great. Um, my family's still in Chicago. I have a brother in Philadelphia. Uh, Perry has a practice, a dental practice in the Manamidai. I have a daughter who's getting her master's degree at Eastman School of Music. And uh, this May, she'll be graduating. So we're going to go out there and spend a week with her and, and we'll be uh, actually go to the PGA tournament. BJ Championships tournament that week, um, and most of all, looking forward to spending the summer with with Henry, my son, and, and Perry, golfing and and biking and, and hanging around here in Stillwater, which we just absolutely love. And um, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. All right, thanks, Des, and uh, look forward to seeing you on the ice pretty soon. Okay, thank you, Dave. Thanks for listening. Larpenter Life is produced solely by me, Dave Carey. It's not affiliated or sponsored by HP in any way. Being a guest is really easy and fun. All you have to do is pay for an airline ticket, jump on a plane, go to Palo Alto, and get into a recording studio. Nah, it's just a Zoom call, 
It takes an hour or two, and it's just a conversation. So please think about it. If you've got a couple of stories, give me an email at larpenderlife at gmail.com. Until next time, take care, everybody. Everybody.